0: Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in progress.
1: This series that we've been in. Over the last few weeks, and I know as I wrote, as I was writing this out, and I'm like, "This is week six. I mean, this is like installment six. And I know that it's like, "Wow, man, when are we gonna ever get off this subject?" Well, the truth is, we're never gonna get off the subject of growing and maturing in the things of God. Amen? We just can't. We just can't afford. We just can't afford it in our lives. And so, as we go through this series, we're working through this series. I just want to redefine that raising the bar is simply. Maturing raising the bar of our relationship with Christ. Now I want to remind you, we're not saying that you're gonna be that Jesus is gonna do more. We know that he's paid it all. It's done. Now it's our response responsibility to exercise the muscle of faith that he's given us. The Bible says we've all been given the same measure of faith. I don't have more faith than, than Pastor Sellers. Pastor Sellers have more faith than me or any anybody else here. We all have been given the same measure, but what we do with that measure is important. When we use this measure that he has given us and we begin to use it and apply it, guess what? You become more powerful, stronger, not because you're special, but because you've chosen to follow after the things of God. Amen. And so raising the bar is simply that we're just saying God raised it already. We're just we're just raising ourselves up to the level that he's 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 telling us. He's saying, come on up here. Come on up here. The good it's the weather's great. The the the, the sights, it's good that you can see everything from this place. I'm always reminded when I raised the bar, I was talking about getting a little taller. I always like the picture. God always reminds me, especially when I'm dealing with issue or challenge, that when he says raise the bar, um, anybody ever gone to the fair or circus or something? Not the circus, but a fair or a place where they have those um, a corn maze or the window, the, you know, have you ever gone to those mirror house of mirrors or whatever? And there's this maze that you try to get into, right? Anybody here today? Okay, okay, good, 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 thank you. Uh, It's like, man, I just left somewhere. Uh, The maze, this is the maze. Now, the thing is that when you're just walking through, you're bumping into things. Man, I, I bumped into so many walls in this maze before. But you know what's cool is if you can get to a different, higher perspective, it's really easy to see the way out. When you can sit on the wall instead of being in front of the wall, you can see how to get out. And this is what God's word says. And this is his truth is he's like, listen, since you've been raised with Christ, since we raised with Christ, set our minds and hearts above on things above. Amen. Amen. And so this has been the truth. And so I'm wanting us. I I know it's like, pastor, stop, you know, telling us this. I'm never going to stop telling you this because it's my job. It's who God has called us to be in that we need to fulfill what God has called us to do if we're going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Amen. Amen. And so I, I'm, a, I'm apologizing, but not apologizing because I don't know how long we have. That's right. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know this, that we have a hope. We have a peace. We have a joy. We have an opportunity, but we've got to grab a hold of it. We've got to grow in it. We've got to allow ourselves to ravel in that truth so we can change our minds because our minds are trying to say the old stuff. But God's the Spirit of God on the inside of it is saying, no, 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 no. That's not truth anymore. That was truth before my son came. Now my son came. You have a new creation of Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen? Amen. And so this is the truth of God's word. So we're growing. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. I love this. It says that he is the one we proclaim. Remember I said that Jesus is the one in 21 And this scripture says, he's the one we proclaim. This is Paul's writing. He says, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone. We should present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I am strenuously content with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Now I want to read for you the amplified version. Uh, My microphone's falling off. I'm getting too Crazy. Okay, Colossians chapter one verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. I'm going to read the Amplified because I appreciate this. It should be on the screen for you. If it is, uh, look it up. It's an amazing. It says, "Him, in Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone, and instructing everyone in all wisdom or comprehensive insight into the ways and the purposes of God, that we may present every person mature." Fully grown, fully initiated, complete, and perfect. Say, I'm ready to be perfect. Somebody say, I'm perfect. Say, I'm ready to be perfect. Okay, this is two-way. I'm ready to be perfect. All right, if I talk louder, you'll talk louder. (laughs) Sorry, I was, yeah. All right, anyway, perfect in Christ. Listen, it's in Christ. We are perfect in Christ. You see that, right? We're perfected in Christ. That fully initiated, initiated, complete and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. For this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the super, superhuman energy, which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. Somebody say amen. amen. You've been, you are superhuman when you have Holy Spirit. I like that because I like those superhero movies. I always liked, you know, I want to fly, I want to, you know, you know, a spidey whatever stuff. But there's something better, God promises. Because that's 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 fairy tale. But God says, I've got something that's real. And it's superhuman. And if you'll tap into it, the impossible the, the God that's nothing that's impossible for becomes who you become. Because he deposits his power inside of each one of us. That's the truth. That's what God's word says. And so we want to mature in our faith so we get our minds to receive that truth. Amen. And so this is why we keep digging in this. We keep looking at this. So if we want to raise the bar in God and our walk with him, we have to choose in which dimension we're going to live in, which we're going to believe, which we're going to go. Are we going to follow the ways of the world or the standard practices that the world says? Or have I been called to a different level? Have we been called to a different level? Did he not say we become superhuman energy which is so mightily enkindles and works within me? Say me. Because he made it personal, didn't he? He's a personal Jesus. He's a personal God. He's a personal Holy Spirit that he rests in us. He deposits in us. And what an amazing truth that is. Somebody say amen. amen. As we mature, we need to remember Because we have a choice here. In Joshua chapter 24, he kind of lays out the choice. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, he says, So now fear God. This is Joshua talking to the Israelites. But listen, we can put ourselves right here. Because he says, worship him in total commitment. Get rid of the gods of your ancestors. Get rid of the gods your ancestors worshipped on the far side of the river, the Euphrates, and in Egypt. You... Worship God. Everyone just take your finger like this. Now point it right at you and say, You worship God. Alright, it's a good reminder, isn't it? He says, You worship God. He goes on to say in verse 15 the last time he says, But Joshua says, As for me, my family, I'm gonna worship God. In other words, he made a decision to worship God. Didn't say, didn't say, I made a decision that okay, now I'm perfect. But he says, I'm going to worship God so he can perfect me. And that's really the truth. Understand that as we dig into the Father, when we dig in, we see this. So as for me, my house, as as one translation says, I will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. 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 I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here today for that purpose. I know I realize that. But you know those moments when you're like, yeah, I did it here but then on Monday morning or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or whatever, when the enemy's like, nah, 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 You're like, what? no, I made a decision to choose God and God chose me even before I chose him. And so he backs it even before I said yes, he said yes. But now that I said yes, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm able to accomplish more. I'm able to do more because of who I am in him. But I've got to mature into that. I've got to get looking at that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I'm a little bit excited today. Philippians chapter, uh, now we're going to get into the actual message. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, turn there. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. I was looking at this scripture this week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was. I spent the week in Colorado Springs. Uh, Colorado's beautiful uh, time uh, I was spent some time with my, my mom and my stepfather lived there, and uh, they started a business, and uh, they wanted some help with a website, and so I, I uh, helped them with that this week. But as I was having Bible study, Bible time, with just kind of reading through the Scripture, I was I was reading from the Book of Philippians. I like to, I've, I mentioned that before. It's it's near and dear to my heart because I I know it's silly, but I you know correlate Phillips and, and Philippians and, and that kind of thing, and there's some really amazing truths. Uh, someday I'm just going to teach, you know, for four weeks or six weeks or ten weeks on just Philippians alone because there's such nuggets of truth and some amazing things that I think God could reveal. But as I was reading, I was reading in the book Philippians, I was reading about Uh or, or Epodites or you know whatever. There's all kinds of ways to say it. There's a right way. I just don't know it. But nevertheless, um, there is a correct way. But Epoditus was was was. I we reading about him and he was sick and he was almost dying and but but he recovered. God healed him. And and and, and so let's read that. Philippians chapter two, verse twenty-five through twenty-seven. Uh, it says, But I think it's necessary, this is Paul writing, to send back to you Ephrodites, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you you heard he was ill. Verse 27. Indeed he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not only on him, but also on me to spare me of sorrow upon sorrow. Now, the reason this jumped out at me, because I got to thinking as I was looking through this, I'm like, is this the, this is, I think this is the only reference in all of Paul's writings it is the only reference of a recorded healing now i'm not trying to say that god didn't heal during paul's time absolutely he did but paul is writing from a from a different place there are several other references of god's truth of health and healing right first peter chapter 2 verse 24 says he jesus bore our sins and by his wounds you have been what healed, healed. amen James chapter 15, or 5, verse 16 says this. He says, The prayer offered in faith makes the sick person well. We also see something in 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, and we see something where Paul calls the thorn of his flat in the flesh. Okay, we see this, and and you know, there's a lot of Scholar arguments between what it was, what that thorn was, some would say it was an infirmity, some would say with was something uh, different from that, more of a, of, of a, di- a difficulty or a, 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 an eternal struggle, if you will. Uh, we don't have to know that, per se. We just need to understand that Jesus continued, God said, hey, when he was going through the struggle and he's fighting these things, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect and weakness. I, I like this because it reminds me, even those questionable times when you're like, I don't understand what's going on. This is the when God works the best. He says, Listen, He said, I don't want you there, but if you find yourself there, you'll find me there also. Because when you're weak, I'll make you strong. That's the truth. That's the promise of God's word. In all of the writings of Paul, Paul wrote half, over half the New Testament, Romans and Corinthians and and Timothy, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and, and Colossians, uh, Thessalonians, Philippians. He wrote all of this. and all of the writings, he, the focus was never on this healing. The focus was on walking in our new life. I want to say that again because I, I want you to think, you know, like, well, what's wrong with Pastor? He doesn't believe in healing. Of course I do. But I want us to see the, what the, the truth of what Paul was saying, the focus. Somebody say focus. Uh, we want to get a clear focus of what we're to, to see. Now, I said this at the beginning of this series, and this is actually what started this whole series. And so if you're like, wait a minute, I think I've seen this. You have. Because like I said before, we need to be reminded. Because it's like, oh, man, that's a good word. And then three days later, we're like, what was that again? Or, or we're fighting a... Fussing with, with questions. So this question hit me at the beginning of this series. And God brought it back today as a reminder. Are we focused on pursuing the benefits and forgetting the benefactor? Because when we see the writings of Paul. Paul had every right to fight for his right not to party. I, I saw Brian saying that. The Beastie Boys. Somebody remember that. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> But he said, I had the right. I was I was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. I was a Roman citizen. He talks about all of the qualifications where he could have stood, stood up and said, man, you, I, I'm, I'm claiming this, I'm doing this and this. But you know what he did? He focused not on the benefits that he had because of who he was. He focused on the benefactor. In other words, he wanted to point the picture. He wanted to turn the mirror and say, listen. God called you, He loves you, He's equipped you, and if you'll seek Him first, He promises that you'll have nothing, you'll miss nothing, you'll have nothing lacking in your life. He he reminds us as we get forward, and sometimes we get caught up in our own soul, our own self, and we look at the benefits, and we're saying, man, we want those. And listen, before we forget, before you, like, pastor's just losing it. No, the Bible says, forget not his benefits. So I'm not saying we forget the benefits. I'm simply saying what? I'm I'm simply saying let's seek the Father and let the benefits be the fruit from that seeking. Right? Because if we don't, listen, this is incredible. This is so important. If we don't do that, if we put our foundation on the benefits when we find ourselves in a place where there's a gap but it just doesn't line up with what God said and what we're living or what's going on in our life we'll begin to waver. We'll begin to be tossed to and fro because we're not seeing what we think we're supposed to see. We talked about a few weeks ago, we've got to be careful what kind of expectation we put on the Father. But as we look and see this, if we put our benef- if we put our seeking and our focus on the benefits, man, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, which are promises, and God says yes and amen. But what are those in-between times? What's your foundation? If we're solely dependent on the benefits then we will forget the benefactor and we will find ourselves and the enemy is right there to attack us in that moment he's looking waiting for those vulnerable times those in between times when from what god's word says to what the truth is it where it starts to connect listen i don't know why there's a why that takes a moment to connect and I and I don't understand all of it. I do know so we can look at some of the promises. We can look at some of these things that it says that patience works perfect in us, right? We we can look at some of these things and see. But sometimes we just we just need the manifestation. And what's cool? Sometimes it just happens. But other times it doesn't. But no matter what, if we are putting our hope and our and our only solely in the benefits, what I can get from the Father oh, solely, then we will find ourselves in a place. Of difficulty, even if it's for a moment, it only takes a moment for the enemy to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we have to fo- we have to keep ourselves focused on the benefactor. Amen. We have to make sure that we're looking, we're keeping ourselves in there. Listen, if 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 I were to approach some, if we were to approach our marriages or our relationships in this way, where we're just going after the benefits. It, what would happen if those benefits, if, if, listen, if, heaven forbid, I'm not speaking this over her, but let's say for whatever reason, Michelle is, is not able to, you know, she's an awesome cook, she, she, she gives a good back rub, she, you know she does all these awesome things for me, I don't deserve them, she does them anyway. But what if, what if for whatever reason, what if she was not able to do that? Where would my relationship be if I based my relationship on her based on the things she could do for me? That wouldn't be a relationship at all. That that would be other words that we don't want to describe in church. Listen, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a loving relationship at all. If I just said, Hey, if you could do this for me, cool. If you can't, well then I'm out. That's not a relationship. Do you understand how important it is that, listen, we've been married over 30 years. I love her way more now, not because of the things you do, because we're just, we have time together. We enjoy each other. She's awesome. She makes me a better person just by being in my presence. Listen, it's because of that relationship. It's because we didn't, I didn't go after see all the things she, because listen, we're not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. And if she was looking at all the benefits of me, she would have been gone a long time ago. (laughs) Why do we think that we put God in that place where we would use that benefit as our basis for our relationship? I mean, that's really uh, uh, short-sighted, isn't it? It's really a weak, um, uh, how how should I say it... Um, It's second best. At at best, it's second best. It cheapens the relationship, if you will. Hey, listen, God's not cheap. He's a more than enough God. He's given everything. And so I wouldn't want to cheapen what he's done for me by just looking at the things he can do for me. Now, I know we've been in church longer than most have been in church. It's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. But how about those times when you've been praying and you've been pressing in and you've been desiring, you've been waiting and you just don't see it. I know if we're all honest, I know the mind starts thinking, what well, is is this thing real? Is this going to happen? Is this what's going on? Right. The enemy, the accuser of the brethren comes and attack and attack and attack and attack. And he tries to decide for us who God is in our life by that thing. And so we have to be careful that in those times, especially in those times, that we would stay focused on who God is. But even outside of those times, maybe more importantly, outside of those times, we need to make the routine. And I know that's like a routine. Ooh, that's a scary tradition. That's a scary word. That's a you know religion, whatever. But what I'm saying is that we need to make the truths, truth in our lives, in the highs. And in the lows. And it's so much easier to do it in the highs. You fortify yourself. You get ready. Listen, when the military goes, before they go to war, you know what? They don't decide how to to battle in the battle. They decide how to battle and what to do before they get there. They spend weeks upon weeks of marksman training, hand-to-hand combat. They they begin to, to prepare their minds for battle and things. Why? Because when the when the bullets start flying and things are going crazy, it's really hard to think if you don't have something already ingrained, already planted in you, you're not going to be able to step up. And, and, and that may sound cold and hard, but that's the truth of life for our lives. And the enemy knows that. He knows that. And so if he can keep us focus. He doesn't care that we're focused on the benefits. The enemy doesn't care. He will use the benefits of God to try to get you off so that you don't look at the Father. He did it to Jesus. He he did it. When he began to tempt Jesus in the desert place, he tried to get his eyes off. He said, well, if, you, if you're if you the son of man, throw yourself off. If, if you're the son of man, use that benefit. Use that benefit. And I think if he used it on Jesus, he's probably going to use it on us too. We don't want to cheapen the relationship. If I look at the Gospels, right? We look at the Gospels. The Gospels itself define the will of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels, they define the will of God through the life of Jesus. John chapter 6, verse 30, it says, For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus is pulling an example to define the will of God for our lives. And this is what he says. This is what I came for. Not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. In verse 39, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone, somebody say everyone, who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I'll raise him from... That I'll raise, him, raise them up in that last day Jesus says I'm focused on the will of the Father When I focus on the will of the Father The will of the Father will be fulfilled In my life, in his life And you'll see Jesus is saying it In, 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 a, in a different purpose That he's, he's claiming it for others If he does this, it's going to fulfill The call the will of God for others And guess what? He puts us in that same camp. God uses us in that same way. To fulfill his will is that he desires us to fulfill his will so others might fulfill, to jump into his will and fulfill his will. And so on and so forth. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was in him. But you see that it was because of God in him. It was them focusing on the things of God, the the presence of God, the power of God, not just the things that they could get. Luke chapter 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. To seek and save the lost. Uh, Look at the book of Acts. Everybody still with me? Okay. Book of Acts was the demonstration of how the New Testament church was to function. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. To function in that way. And acts as that demonstration. It wasn't just a disciple thing. It was all all believers to function in this way. We see healings. We see miracles. We see people being delivered. of, of uh, Set free. Saved. Filled the spirit. It was a supernatural. But it was all a fruit. From a church that was thriving. Striving. Cultivating a relationship. With the father. It was spending time with Jesus. It was spending time with God that initiated the manifestations. The manifestations didn't come until they focused on the Father. When they focused on the Father, watch out. It says, like a mighty rushing wind. Over 3,000 saved in about half an hour. Come on. That's good news. That's what we should desire. But don't try working it up. Go to the Father. Seek the Father. Seek the benefactor, the one that has all of these things. And this is what he's saying. This has got to be the lifestyle of everyday believers is seeking the Father. Not the benefits. The epistles, the letters. Paul wrote directed us, direct us to establish our relationship with God. That helps us take the position in the family. See, to understand, we need to understand our position. And so Paul spends most of his writings trying to renew our mind to where we are now. Which reminds me that we we must really need to meditate on it. If Paul's going to use most of his life to do that very thing. To help share that very thing. It must be important. And it must be something that needs to be done over and over and over and over again. Right? And so Paul says that, that he says, "Hey, listen, you are a member of the royal family of God." He he said this to remind us, so we get to so understand, so we might walk as royalty, not entitled, not pompous, not prideful. But when you see yourself as royalty, then you see I don't I, I don't see myself as lack, so I'm not I'm not hesitant to give. When I see myself as Christ sees and I begin to see myself, then I'm not hesitant to serve. I'm not hesitant to speak. When I see myself as royalty as God has placed in my life and I concentrate on that truth, then I so easily can minister out of the overflow. If you've ever, you start to minister, you're like, I don't know what to say to someone. I'll tell you how you do it. You meditate on the Father and it will overflow. takes a little bit of time, work. The time and work are, are, are irra- Irrelative to the truth. If God does it, it can be immediate. But he's still looking for the Willing vessel to dig into it. Colossians chapter 2 verse 2 and 3 My goal Is that they may be encouraged in heart And united in love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. You see what he's saying? He says there's riches in understanding. When you have the revelation of God, of who God is, when you have that rhema word, riches just flow. The riches of your heart, the riches of God's truths. There's nothing that's there, there there's no limit with God when we begin to have our hearts understand. Be encouraged and, and united in love so that they may have full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mysteries of God, namely Christ. You know, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time. OK, maybe I'll just say myself. I spend a lot of time trying to figure out the mysteries of God. I try to figure out why this, what this, how that. And do you know what I realized? God never positioned me to do that. You know what he positioned me to do? To investigate the mysteries of God through Christ To seek Christ To seek the anointed one And then he says this is a cool thing He says when you do that All of these other things will be added to you as well If we'll focus on Jesus Somebody say Jesus I was really into Amplified on this This sermon so amplified of Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read it for you. Verse 2 and 3. It says, For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love so that they may have all of the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation, resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mysteries of God that is Christ. In whom all hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and the purposes of God. You want to be really smart, you want to have a lot of wisdom, seek Christ. Amen. Seek the Father. He'll give you wisdom in a place when you're like there's 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 no clear path here. He'll say, Yes, there is. If you raise yourself up with Christ. If you learn to to draw into him. Our first point here is this. We pursue the person of God, not the possessions. Our job as a believer is to seek the person of God. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry itself, Jesus said. Right? Even the fields, even the birds have food, and he goes on to ex- describe all of these examples of these people, that, uh, of these people, of this creation that he created that take care of them, that God takes care of in day in and day out. We have to pursue the Father, and this is where Matthew chapter six verse twenty-five and thirty. I'm going to read all of it, twenty-five to thirty-three, because it's so important. Get it in your heart. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry for your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear, is life not more important than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor would dressed like any of these. If that was how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. He's not saying he doesn't want you to have all these things. He's saying don't let these be the foundation of your salvation. Let him be the salvation foundation. And then all of these things will be added. Amen? We want a relationship with the benefactor. We don't want just those benefits Because the benefits As the scripture will come and go And seasons of life Will change Things will come and go There will be things you can do And things you can't do anymore If my foundation is those things I'm done Now I'm not claiming that I'm not desiring those things But if I fortify myself In the benefactor that when and if those things do happen or come, a tragedy or lies of the enemy or circumstances or health or age or whatever. Listen, all those things that are become, but they're not our foundation. God is. It's a daily walk with the Father. It's a daily, yes, common walk with the Father. Just like Adam and Eve. It's taking us back to the place where Adam and Eve were. It says that they would walk daily face-to-face with God. And he gave us his word so we could do that very thing. He gave us the relationship so we could do that very thing. Jesus died to bring us that daily relationship. So instead of, I'm so guilty of this. Instead of pursuing the ten ways of healing or the three ways to salvation or the, you know, all of these things that we, we as humans, we kind of put formulas on. Instead, he says, throw out the formula and go to the Father. Because the Father is all we need. But, Pastor, I need this and this and this. You're right. God has that. In fact, he's got a warehouse of it all. We're like, yeah, but I don't know. But, yeah, he created it. Remember? Right? You see how we like play these things, and God's God's got a rebuttal every time. It's like, oh, I just created that. I took care of that already. What else you got? We want a relationship. We went. We want to draw to the benefactor. We know Him. Jesus says all these things will come out of that relationship. Number two, we got to stop there. Number two is this. This is this is where we switch from when we we get the idea we're switching away from seeking the benefits and going after the benefactor. It says we must take our heavenly citizenship. We, We must receive. We must become kingdom minded, eternally minded. We must change our listen. The Bible says we're not of this world. We're in this world. We're not of the world so our minds can't be in the world they have to be in our heavenly citizenship listen when you became when you became a believer in Christ you became an alien to this world but you came roi- you became a royalty now you're an ambassador from heaven to the people of this earth i know that sounds strange and weird like you like do 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 you know that's the superhuman thing that christ brings in us now i will say this it doesn't make us better than anyone else in fact the bible says that now we're supposed to lay down our life for that it doesn't make us better it makes us it makes us more responsible to be a servant but when we give it'll be given back didn't brian say, read that today It had to do with our tithe. but guess what? It has to do with our whole life. You give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God says, actually, he says, test me in these things. He's saying, come on, do it. I promise I'm going to fulfill what I said I'm going to fulfill. Because, oh, by the way, I am God. Right? I know I'm speaking to the choir here. I know all of you know this already. But you know, this week, I found a place where I had to be reminded. Maybe you might find yourself in that place sometime. Maybe you might find yourself in a place where they're like, man, I sure like this. I would like this. God, you do this. You go. Yeah, yeah, God. And, and you see other people do it. And you're like, OK. And, and listen, I'm not saying claim those things. I'm just saying you claim seeking the father and let him figure out what he knows best for you because he does. Right. Is there, there was a show called Father Knows Best. He knows best and his best is best what I think is best is second best he truly is the giver of the best and because he loves us so much because he cares for each one of us personally, intimately he wants the best for us he holds out the best humanly Sometimes I accept the second best. And guess what? That withers and dies and doesn't fulfill because it was never supposed to. His relationship is what's supposed to fulfill those things. His relationship that he has given you and me. Amen? We getting this today? This is heavy. It's fun. It's It's confusing. And it's invigorating. And it's all of these things. That's why... I put the notes there. That's why I gave you the, I need you, I need you. If, if you. if you want to believe this, the only way you believe it is if you feed yourself it. Listen, uh, you know, I, I've been a Christian a little while. I still need to feed on it. Pastor Sellers has been a believer longer than all of us probably. He still feeds on it. He has to. Because the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. Even the most, in my opinion, one of the most holy men that I know on this earth, he still fights a battle. It still fights. The enemy still tries to rise up and say, "Go get that! Go get that!" And God says, "No, go get me." We can't. We can't. We can't let go. Of this. We can't get. We can't get soft in this. And this is a constant reminder. And I know over the last six weeks, and to be honest with you, more than that, if you look back, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Like Paul, he said the same thing over and over again. changed the, the titles. Changed the delivery. Same message. Walk with Christ. Seek the Father. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close there. We've got to take up our heavenly citizenship. I just want to remind you that that promise of you have a heavenly citizenship to take up when you receive Christ. You're royalty. The Bible tells us this. You're a a holy nation, a, a royal priesthood. That's God's word. Inspired Written by Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, for you today, for me today. So we focus our hearts and our minds on the benefactor. The possessions will come. The things that you need, I get it. Pastor, I need this. I need this. You're right. You do. And the Bible says he knows you need it before you need it. So I'm going to go to the supplier of all my needs and revel in that truth, play in that playground of life, right? And he will reveal these things. And now he reveals what's revealing our citizenship in heaven. Now, I think we would all agree if we look through scripture, I think we'd all agree that heaven is an awesome place. Bible says streets are made of gold. That shall shares me to me that it must not be in lack. You know, oh, we got to repave this road. Okay, get out the gold. I was like, Lord, let the do in that parking lot, in Jesus name. We need it. So this is the God we serve because we are in, we have been given citizenship. In the father's house. I think sometimes, right? We we get so uh, narrow focused because I just didn't see something the way I thought it should go. But it doesn't mean that God has missed it or that He hasn't done something great. In fact, the Bible says over and over again, "It's already finished. It's done. It's complete." But we've got to let it work to its completion. Because why? Because if we don't, we'll go after the second best. And God's like, I want you to have the very best. Amen? How many know that God's like that? He's that good. He's that amazing. He's that amazing, and He wants to be that amazing in your life. If we'll surrender to Him, we'll surrender to that truth. If we'll. Focus our hearts and minds and relationship on Him. He's got it. That's good news. Amen? Let's just give God praise. Father, we love you and we praise you today.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you.